Exodus 16 and 31 is where we're going to begin. I give great honor to our pastor and his family. Do not take the opportunity lightly. I I give the congregation today great honor. Thank you for being here today. I know that you're going to be blessed by the Lord because of your sacrifice, because of your faithfulness. And so I give honor today to all those where honor is due, the leadership, the elders, everybody here at New Life. I'm very grateful and I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Exodus 16 and 31. If you have it, say amen. Beautiful. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. And it was like coriander seed white. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Now honey is one of the keys here. Everybody say honey. Numbers 11. Let's jump a few books ahead here. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers 11 verse 8. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of fresh oil. Now, fresh oil is the other key. Everybody say fresh oil. Amen. If you would put your Bibles down behind you. Collect your thoughts. That's the specific title I'm going to preach to you here today. Fresh oil. Would you pray with me? Would you ask that the Lord would meet us here? Jesus, we give you great praise, God. We worship you because of who you are. I pray that you would continue to be who you've always been, to be faithful, to be among your people, to grant us liberty, God, because when we have liberty, we know that your presence, your spirit is here. But we ask, Lord, for your glory to fall in this house, on every single person represented in this sanctuary here today, upon every person that may be watching online, those that are traveling, that are abroad today, I pray that your spirit, your presence would be with them, that you, Lord, would minister to your people, and we give you great praise, great glory, and all the honor. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Come on, and would you shout out amen with me and glorify the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, and you may be seated. Exodus 14 is a powerful story. If you have not had the chance to read it, to study it, to look into it, I encourage you to do so. Exodus chapter 16 continues that powerful story, but Exodus 14 is powerful because God had just delivered the Israelites from the hands of Pharaoh and the powerhouse known as Egypt. You can find how powerful Egypt was not only in the word of God, but Egypt also flexes its large muscles in history books as well. They were unmatched in almost every venture. Egypt was the most advanced kingdom of their time. They were not only overly advanced in warfare and architectural skill, but they were medically ahead, if I can say it that way. Some scholars say, I've read this, that they were performing brain surgery as early as 3,000 years ago. And other scholars say it. it's been much earlier than that. It wasn't just that Pharaoh could beat you with 
his armies and architectural prowess, but we see that the Egyptians were blatantly more intelligent than most of the world in their given day. Their ways of study and their vast wells of knowledge were overwhelming. Their scholars and doctors could not be matched by any man, woman, or even God for that matter, or at least so they thought. They were astoundingly advanced in every area of life, and they knew it. However, when it came to the Israelite slaves and a man named Moses, the tide quickly changed for the worse for these unmatched people called Egyptians. This so-called people of God were about to embark on what seemed to be an impossible mission. To follow through with what was offered before them meant almost certain death. There was no way that Pharaoh would ever let them go. They had been held against their will for over 400 years now, and captivity seemed like it would never end. But God sends Moses and frees his people. And because of time here today, I'm now going to race ahead. The Israelites had crossed the Red Sea in incredible fashion. They had been baptized in the sea, as Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians Many of us may know of the account, but it bears repeating here today. Pharaoh says that they can leave peacefully, but soon changes his mind, and he is now hot on the trail of God's chosen people. Now the Israelites find themselves at a body of water in front of them and Pharaoh's malicious army behind them. They are trapped and in need of nothing short of a miracle. Stay with me here today. But when God does something... He makes sure that he does it in such a way that when he has finished the miraculous, the only possible answer is it had to have been God. He likes to get 100% of the glory. It's in his nature. It's who he is. So when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, it was not in a boat or a ship or some kind of floating vessel because with that brings doubt to the current day's reader and even to the very chosen people God was saving. But God uses a man and his staff, just a man and a wooden stick. God uses those two things to part the waters and the children of Israel walk across on what the Bible says, dry land. They were under the cloud and they were full of the lamb. These chosen people had followed a man of God to the edge of this body of water called the Red Sea. Even when they got into the sea and Pharaoh's army closed in behind them, the cloud that led them then went behind them and it was light on the Israelite side, the Bible says, and dark on the Egyptian side. And the reason for that was, ladies and gentlemen, is because the vanguard became the rear guard and God separated his church from their enemies. So, they were living in what we'll call today a saved posture. But they were lost to promise, and they were lost to purpose, and they were lost to meaning, and they were lost to ultimate joy. Can I say here today, the Israelites, God's chosen people, they just went through the motions. 
They just danced a little bit. They shouted a little bit over the defeated enemy or over the dead Egyptians. It was only after God had brought them through that they danced and celebrated. But even then, the worship and praise only lasted for a short time. God has just taken them from captivity and delivered them from the hands of the most powerful army on the planet. And not only did God part the Red Sea and allow them to walk across on dry land and then cross into safely, but God destroys the Egyptian army that was bound to hunt them down and kill them like the slaves they were just a short time before. We'll call this today the right praise on the wrong side mentality. Notice here that the praise and worship didn't happen until God had already brought them through. Can I just stop right here for a moment today and say, there is power in your praise. There is power in your voice. But even much more than that, can I just say here today, and I feel the Lord in the house, that there is power, there is a special anointing that comes upon those who choose to worship God and choose to praise God before they ever see the tangible victory come to pass with their own mortal eyes. We serve a God here today that has already won every battle. Hear me today. He has never lost a battle. We serve a God here today that is victorious. There's no other option than for him to win. But can I tell you here today, and can I submit this to the body of believers here today, there is a power and an anointing that is greater than what you could ever possibly experience when you rise up and say, Lord, before I ever see it in the natural I'm going to thank you because I believe that whatever I may be going through is your will and your plan and you are a faithful good good father hallelujah Come on, I think we can just stop right here for 15 seconds. And would you glorify the name above every name and say, God, I'm setting aside how I feel. I'm setting aside what I thought before. And I'm going to glorify you. Even if I don't see the victory yet, I've got you and you are victorious. The Lord has just delivered his people, but it doesn't take very long at all before they fall back into this vicious cycle. Shortly after the Israelites had been delivered, they start begging for food and begging for water. And I quote Exodus 15, 23 and 24. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Shortly after deliverance, stay with me here, they are complaining about provision. And we see this turn into a vicious cycle over and over and now over again. But let's look at what God does here. The Lord allows a cloud to come over them, and he rains quail and manna down on them. 
And I quote Exodus 16, 13 through 15. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, the dew lay around about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing, as small as the oar of frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, it is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, this is the bread that the Lord hath given you to eat. Hallelujah for the manna. Thank God for the glorious bread that came. Thank God for the quail in the evening and the manna in the morning. Thank God, here it is, for every message that's been preached here. Thank God for every sermon that's been preached here. Thank God for every lesson that's been taught here. Thank God for morning manna and thank God for evening quail. Thank God for the children's ministry. Thank God for the youth group and youth department. Thank God for greeters and ushers and staff. Thank God for the worship team. Thank God for the musicians and and multimedia team. Thank God for those who clean the church. Thank God for every person who volunteers and gives of their time to make sure that this house of God is a holy and anointed church house. Thank you for for your glory, Lord, and thank you for your power. But hear me today. I'm here today to tell you that there is something greater that God wants to take you to. You have come too far to simply give up now. And so I'm standing here today with the word that God has given me. You have come too far, somebody. You have witnessed God do too much already. Come on. God has already provided the provision for your life. Don't look past what God has already done. But I stand here today and say, you are exactly where God wants you to be. This is your church. Pastor Harpool is your pastor. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are going to win. You are on the winning side here today. And so it's time for the United Pentecostal Church to stand up in this hour and declare, Lord, you've done it before. You're going to do it again. You've done it then. You're going to do it now. You did it for me. Now do it for my children. You did it for my parents. Now do it for me. I believe that God still wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Come on, put your hands together in this sacred room here today. And would you shout unto God with the voice of triumph now. Stay with me here. The Bible says that when they took that coriander seed and they mashed it together, and they put it in their mouths, it had a sweet taste. In fact, the Bible says that it tasted like honey. It was part of our opening text, and I'll read it again to you here today, Exodus 16 and 31. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Now hear me here today. I'm going to wear this out, and in Jesus' name, I pray that you wear it home. It tasted like honey. I believe there has not been a sermon preached here or a lesson taught here that has not tasted good. 
I love the taste of the bread of heaven. The Bible says that the word of God is that bread of heaven. I love the taste of the word of God. Every chance you get, you should thank the Lord that his word and only his word is preached here. You are not hearing some self-help book or methods taught by some motivational speaker at some conference somewhere. Thank God that it is his holy words that he had pinned down that are spoken from this pulpit. It's not up to philosophy or scientific facts, but the only true factual thing is the holy Bible, is the holy word of God. You should put your hands together for that today. Lord, we thank you for the leadership here, for only preaching to us what you had put down. Now the children of Israel ate those wafers, but in their hearts they were not satisfied. And so slowly but surely, doubt and unbelief began to creep into their hearts and in their minds. Even though God had provided the provision, think of it with me if you would, and God did the impossible, the Israelites suddenly find themselves back at square one. And so what the reader gets to see is that all of that honey and manna and quail was, was sustenance and maintenance. If we aren't careful, a lot of us can become sustained and maintained because we just love good preaching and good church. And don't get me wrong, we have to, we've got to love the preach word, but it tasted like honey to them. And so a chapter after deliverance, they received honey and quail. But if we can, let's jump ahead one more time to the second verse we read at the beginning of our time together, Numbers 11. Now remember here, God has already provided the impossible. Stay with me now. Here we are. The Lord has freed them from slavery like he said he would. They have now watched the Red Sea split and they walked across on dry land. They watched as their former capturer was swallowed up by the very thing that impeded their progress just a short time before. Then they complained and doubted God was with them or if Moses had ever really heard from God to begin with. Their hunger and thirst drives their complaining and so God rains quail and manna down for them to eat and sends them to wells to drink water. Now a few months have gone by and they are still fussing. They continue to complain and they are eating quail and honey manna and it's good. But sometimes... People can get complaining when all the word does is sweeten their stomachs and feed them when they're hungry. But all of a sudden, God says, I'm going to do something different today. Here it is. Are you ready? God says, I am going to send them the same package, but it is going to have a different taste today. Because they are only one chapter away from Moses getting the men together and saying, go spy in Canaan. They are only one chapter away from going into a promised land and checking it out and spying it out to see if there is going to be a victory for the Israelites. But God says, wait, change of direction. And God sends the same coriander seed. But when they got it and they mashed it and they put it together and they baked it and they put it to their mouths, the Bible says it had a fresh oil taste. And I quote, and the people went about and ground it in mills or beat it in mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it as it was as the taste of fresh oil. 
Honey is gone now. Fresh oil only. No more honey, just oil. No more honey, just oil. You've got to say it with me here today. No more honey, just oil. No more honey, just anointing. No more honey, just anointing. No more honey, just anointing. What we were eating before, God is changing our diet. No more honey, just anointing. Can I tell you, we have heard enough word here to fatten our stomachs. You have heard enough word from our pastor and the men and women of God who have graced this pulpit. We have heard enough to grow lethargic, but I believe that it is time for God to change the diet of the apostolic Pentecostal church. No more honey. You have nourished me enough, God, but give me a taste for fresh oil. You have brought me to where I am, but it's time for you to change my diet. I'm preaching to somebody here today. He's brought you from where you've come from, and when you look back over your life, you say it had to have been God but where you are now he's saying it's time to change your diet it's time for to it's time for me to empower you it's time for me to increase you it's time for me to change your zip code spiritually come on it's time for me to do something in you that is greater than you could have ever thought or even imagined come on it's time for God to change our diet no more honey now just fresh oil no more honey now just anoint Come on, are you desperate for it here today? God, speak to your people. Lord, anoint my words. Anoint my steps. In Jesus' name. Yeah, 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 yeah. What better time for God to change our diet than before the holidays? Can I get an amen? I know how it goes. Start now. Turn to somebody right here and say, I'm going to get with it now. Come on, turn to somebody and say it. It's okay. I'm going to get with it right now. Listen to me here today. God has brought you too far to turn back right now. I'm preaching to somebody. He has already brought you through the impossible to get you where you are here today. He has done that because he loves you and he has a plan for your life. But in order for you to get to the next level, you have got to change your diet. God wants to take you to a new land. Come on, he's already said it in his word. He wants to take you to a new area in him. He's wanting to give you a new zip code, a new anointing here today. But in order for you to get to the next level, you have got to change your diet. God wants to take you somewhere new here today. The voice of the Lord is here today. He's saying, take a look over there. Look at what I want to give you. Look at what the church is going to have. Look at what the church shall behold. What power you will possess. He's wanting to give you an anointing like you've never seen before. But you have got to get it in your mind here today that you've got to change your diet. Come on, somebody. Your prayer should no longer be, feed me, God. No, no, no. But instead, you should say, Lord, give me a hungering for fresh oil. Lord, I'm desperate for something new. Lord, give me a fresh fire. Lord, give me a fresh purpose. Lord, give me some pathos here today. God, renew in me a right spirit. And with that spirit, Lord, I pray that it would be a new hunger and a desire for a greater move of wherever you are. In Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. I could get in a little bit of trouble here. I like telling stories about anything really, but many of you know my mom. Uh, Yep. And I'm thankful for that, but it was some years ago now. Sierra and I celebrated uh, June 4th, seven years of being married. Thank you, Jesus. And, okay, yeah, sure, thank you. (laughs) And so when we first got married, the first big decision, of course, other than choosing to be with one another for, you know, it's, one man said it's a 50 plus year commitment. So, uh, not that you should put a timeline on it, but there you go. So, one of the first decisions we, we made when we first got married was we decided, you know what, not to have kids right away, but we're going to get a dog. <clears throat> and it was a big decision, and I know that because she didn't let me be a part of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. So, so I remember the day we decided and, and, and we chose Leo, our dog. And, and so in choosing the dog, of course, as being a puppy... She told me I had never really grown up, never really owned a dog. We owned dogs, but they were never puppies. And she said, now listen, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to probably whine at night. We're going to put it in a crate in the evening time and, and throughout the night. And regardless of how much it whines, uh, you've got to leave it in the crate. It's got to learn. It'll only happen for a short time. And of course, yes, yes, of course, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. Well, the second night, I, I no longer got it. And so the dog ended up in the bed with us. But anyway, it was... We took Leo and, and my mother and, and, all of, and all of her love and mercy. We said, Mom, we need a dog sitter. And so she took the dog on a Saturday, I believe it was. And Sierra and I went to, to run errands and just do different things on a Saturday. And uh, whenever we, we were gone for a few hours, and whenever we came back, <clears throat> uh, Leo was there, and he was probably a few months old. And uh, I bent down to pet the dog, and he greeted us, and he was so happy. And as I wiped my hand across the top of that dog. It was, there was something all over him. I didn't know what, it, I thought he had gotten into something. I was like, oh no. I said, mom, did he knock a candle over or what's going on? She said, no, 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 no. That's oil. Oil? Well, oil? What are you talking, how do, she's like, are you kidding me? I've been praying for that dog ever since you guys left. Okay. Can I just tell you we have the most anointed dog you have ever seen? I I truly believe this. I believe that if and when God chooses to open up the mouth of an animal and speak to his people, it's going to be Leo. It's going to be him. It's going to be him. She said, I've been praying for that dog ever since you left. And she she told us that, and I I began to put this sermon together. The Lord reminded me, the point being here today, there isn't nothing in your life that you shouldn't be anointing. There isn't anything in your house that you should not be anointing and praying over. There shouldn't be anything too lofty or too high for you not to get to and pray over and plead the blood of Jesus over here today. Yeah. I, I, you'll have to forgive me. This is, this, is, this is how I was raised. This is the household I grew up in. Chance and I, when we were young, we, we, mom took us to, to clean the baptistry, and we, we did that often. And we would, we would get all the gear on and, and get ready and go. And, and mom showed us how to do it a few times. And Chance and I would be in the baptistry inhale, inhaling all the, the chemicals and different things that you use to clean. And, 
And, but the, the thing that I'll never forget, cleaning the baptistry was wonderful and I'm thankful for it. However, the thing that I'll never forget is my mom, while we're cleaning the baptistry, going through the North Campus and taking oil on her fingers and rubbing down the back of every pew and rubbing over every single microphone and every instrument. She would rub it all over the pulpit and pray, God, Lord, anoint whoever's going to touch this area, every door handle, every door knob, every entrance, every exit. She was serious about something in her life. What was it? She was serious about fresh oil. She understood something. She understood the purpose of what God has called us to do. Hear me. This church may have a few too many people in it for you to be able to get to everybody on every given Sunday. But what you can do is you can begin to anoint areas around you and say, God, whoever's going to sit next to me here today, I pray that the anointing would be right here in this row. Lord, wherever it is that I find myself in this sanctuary here today, God, I pray that your spirit would be here. Lord, let your glory be manifested here. Hear me today. You ought to take it to a next level. You're looking for a new calling. You're looking for God to be who he's always been. But I believe that it's time for you and I to step up to the game a little bit here and say, God, there's nothing that I will not do. There's nothing that I will not say. There is no one that I will not pray for. There is nothing that I will not anoint. Lord, I'm asking that your spirit would be here. God, only you can change the lives of people. Only the anointing can break the yoke. So Lord, do what only you can do. I just ask that you would allow me to be a part of it. Come on and put your hands together here today. I feel the anointing of the Lord starting to sweep through this house. Come on, you're going to leave here with something here today. Yes, 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 yes. The Bible says in the 24th verse of our next text, or of our text today, that when the manna first ever started coming down, that the first person to taste of it was Moses. And he liked it, the Bible says. The leader tasted it, and he liked it. Thank God for leaders who love the anointing. Then watch what happens next. Here we are. Moses takes the manna and he likes it. Then Moses says, it's on me and I'm going to put it on 70 elders. And I quote Numbers 11, 24 and 25. And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. Moses took the anointing oil and poured it over the elder's head. All 70 of them, just like the Lord had commanded or instructed. Now, what did the elders do? Here it is. There's always action when God does something in your life. There's got to be action that comes after wood. The Bible says they stood. The elders stood. Moses gets it and he likes it. He then follows the instruction of the Lord. He finds 70 elders and pours it on them. They stood. They liked it. Thank God for elders and leaders that still want to see the anointing in the church and in this hour and in this present world. I just want to tell you here today that this thing is powerful enough to spread throughout the entire tabernacle. It's not just for Moses. It's not just for the elders, but you person, you can leave here with a powerful anointing on your life. I just believe that. Now this anointed, anointing, it started spreading and, and now we see it move to Eldad and Medad. The Lord probably chose those men because we would remember their names. And I quote Numbers eleven twenty six. 26. 
But there remained two men, or two of the men in the camp, and the name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. Now this same anointing that has rested upon Moses and the 70 elders has now rested upon Eldad and Medad. Stay with me here. Thank God for men in the church who love the anointing and love the chance for fresh oil. From the leaders to the elders to the men of the church. Hear me today. If you do not let yourself... God is not going to let you miss out on the greatest revival the world has ever seen. I just believe that here today. If you will bind your, yourself together and you will believe on every one thing and that God is the only true and living God, he will not allow you to miss the greatest revival the world has ever seen. It's the latter and the former reign together. Listen to me here today. We have got to stop worrying about everything else that is going on in this world and we have got to get a love for fresh oil can you get beyond your wants and what your flesh desires and get in this thing and go I feel it in the Holy Ghost so strongly here today if we can get a liking for fresh oil if you can push yourself and get yourself in a room and lock the door and say I am not leaving here until I feel something and even if I don't feel something I'm going to stay here because Lord whatever time I have a invested. Whatever time I have allotted, you're going to bless it. When the ceiling feels like brass, Lord, and I don't know if my prayers are getting through, when my life doesn't seem to be right and it is in turmoil, when my kids haven't come back to church yet, when my family doesn't love the Lord and there's nobody backing me, when everything seems to be wrong, when I don't have a job, when I don't feel loved, and I'm going to find a room, Lord, I'm going to find a place, and I'm going to create a place, God, for you to inhabit. I'm going to do those things because I'm desperate for an interaction with your spirit, Lord. There's nothing that's going to keep me from you. I'm going to knock on the door myself. I'm going to create a place for you, God, because I'm desperate for fresh oil. I've got to have it, Lord. I've got to have it today. Romans eleven twenty nine. hear this today. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as he in times past have not believed God, yet no have obtained mercy through their unbelief. I believe that so strongly. Here's the word right here for that scripture. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. For all of those in this room who have unsaved loved ones, All of those in this room, you have wayward sons and daughters. For those of you in here who your parents are wayward, they're lost. They don't know which way is up and which way is down. Romans 11.29 is for you. Why? Because gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I'm here to preach to you here today. You are called. I'm here to preach to you here today. You can be anointed. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter how long you've attended church or been a part of this assembly. God is so desperate to speak to his people that he spoke through a donkey and a chicken. I'm telling you here today... 
God wants to utilize you. God wants to utilize your voice. But you may ask, how do I get there? This is how you get there. You create a space for him. You create room for him. You wake up every morning and say, God, I'm starting today with you. You are going to be the filter that I filter the rest of this day through. It's not going to be a text message. It's not going to be my email. It's not going to be the statistics for work. It's not going to be all the other things that may need to happen throughout the day. But Lord, I'm praying for a fresh oil desire. God, I'm praying for a fresh anointing. I'm praying for something new, not for the glorification of who I am, but so you can preach your gospel to every living creature. I just believe that here today. If you believe it, you ought to stand to your feet here today. You ought to shout unto God here today. Why? Because that could be the first step in order for you to get to the place where God wants to bestow upon you a new anointing and a new power. It's interesting. Eldad's name in Hebrew means God has loved me. Medad's name in Hebrew means God has loved me affectionately. The very fact that God loves you enough to put an anointing and a power on you and me is nothing short of amazing. Let me tell you something here today, somebody. The devil does not care about where you are. He only cares about where you're going and who you are going there with, the anointing. It's time for us to get under a special anointing here today and break every yoke and tear down every stronghold. The enemy knows these things as well, if not better than you do. The anointing that God so desires to put on your life is the very reason why the the devil wants to destroy you. The only ability here today that the enemy has is to try to get you to believe that you do not have an anointing on your life. But I have a word for the church here today. And Lord Jesus, help them receive it. God has precedented this moment in time, not because I am here today, but because he's a gracious God and because he's still desperate for an interaction of his people. I've come to preach to you here today. You're right where God wants you to be. You're right in the season of life. God knows where you are. God knows you by name. The word of the Lord says that he has the hairs on your head numbered. He knows you. If he knows every sparrow that falls, I want you to know that God knows you. He knows where you are. And so I believe it's incumbent upon the church here today to lift up your voice and to lift up your hands and say, God, I know where you are. I know you know where I am, but I want to know where you are. Lord, fall on me fresh here today. Fill me one more time, Lord. Anoint me. Empower me so that I can speak truth to the nations. Jesus, 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 Jesus. The Bible says, and I'm almost done here. The Bible says that Eldad and Medad went throughout the camp. And as they went throughout the camp, they began to prophesy and pray for others. And the Bible says in the next few verses that a young man felt the anointing. And the Bible says that he also had action that came afterwards. The Bible says that he ran. Can I just tell you, we have got to have young people who are desperate for the anointing of God. Hear me, elders. Hear me, hear me, Eldads and Medads. Hear me, leaders. We're all leaders, but hear me, leaders. 
you still have words that can be spoken to the younger generation. I feel that so strongly here today. I believe that the Lord is going to pour out his spirit. I believe that this younger generation is the greatest generation that's ever lived. However, that does not remove the generations that have come before. Come on, mom and dad, we still need you here today. Come on, it's not a young person's church here today. That's not how we operate. That's not how the spirit of God operates. It does not matter your age. It does not matter what year you were born. It does not matter what demographic you were in. But instead, what matters is that you say, Lord, I want you to continue to change my diet. God, I'm not happy with what I had before. I'm thankful, Lord, but I'm not satisfied. God, continue to change my diet. What's next, God? What's next for me? What do you have in store for me? What needs spoken? What needs done? What needs demonstrated? I've come to preach to this body of believers here today. The uh, the Lord's arm is still not short. God is still here among us. And you, individual, you are still called by God. You are still anointed of the Most High God. You still matter. You still have a place here in the kingdom of the Lord. I don't know if you believe it, but I'm going to keep saying it to the atmosphere. Enemy, back off. Enemy, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind every false thought here today. And I bind it up and I cast it into outer darkness. Lord, I bind up every attack, every lie of the enemy that would say we no longer matter. That our time is done. That we've already been used. That it's somebody else's turn. No, 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 no. I not only bind the attack of the enemy, but I lose fresh oil. I lose fresh anointing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I lose fresh thought. I lose peace here today. I lose joy in the house today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, elders. Come on, whenever you receive that fresh oil, the Bible says it'll put running in your feet. Come on, you can say, well, my joints aren't as good as they used to be. My legs don't work as well as they used to. Man, back in my day, I could really dance. I would still run. I would still jump. I would still leap. I want to speak to you here today, somebody. You still have power in your voice. Your worship is still anointed. Your praise still brings in his presence. You are not too far gone for God to still use you and empower you and anoint you. You're still a God who speaks to his people. You are no respecter of persons, Lord. You are no respecter of persons, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear the Lord speaking to me. The Lord just said, it does not matter how you view situations. Hear me. The Lord does not care how other people view you. But whenever you get a tasting for fresh oil, you will begin to see others as God sees them. You hear it here today. It does not matter what false word has been spoken against you. It does not matter what leadership has hurt you in the past. I want you to know here today, you can still be anointed. You can still be used by God. You can still speak. Speak the word. You can you can still declare truth.
I feel we're on the verge of a breakthrough here this morning. I feel it in the Holy Ghost here today. If you just begin to receive it for yourself, come on, the Lord is going to anoint you with fresh oil. What you've had before is great. It's gotten you to where you are. Thank God for it. But there's something new. There's something greater that you can have. Yes. Just one moment. For those of you who are still believing the lie of the enemy, for those of you who are still believe, believing the lie of this world, I want you to know that it, it transpired. The very thing that you're experiencing right now transpired when Moses anointed the elders and Eldad and Medad and the, and the young man of that day. Here it is in your word. There is always somebody. Here it's somebody. There's always someone trying to stop the anointing. A man approaches Moses after this young man has been anointed and the Bible says it puts running in his feet and he takes off and starts prophesying to the rest of the camp. And a man approaches Moses and I'm being careful but he approaches Moses and said, Moses, forbid them. They know not what they do. Moses, forbid them. But whenever you have leadership and you have elders and you have the generational church in effect and they have a tasting for fresh oil... They're able to be all, not just to connect, but always be connected to the spirit and the voice of God. And immediately, without hesitation, Moses turns to this man and says, no, I wish that this anointing would fall on the entire camp. What does that mean? There's nobody that should be left out here today. It does not matter your demographic. It does not matter the lie. It does not matter what has been said, what has been done. God wants to utilize you for the benefit of his kingdom. It can fall on this whole place. It can fall on every person represented here today. I'm going to end with this and God's going to do the work. You're going to respond however you feel you seem fit. In the studying of this, and I've been infatuated for the most part with the Ark of the Covenant for many years now. In 2011, it was my first time being able to go to Israel. And we went and we visited. And whenever we were going through the Temple Institute, the, uh, the loudspeaker came on and they began to speak to us and talk about how they had found the Ark of the Covenant. That's what they said. They found it and they have it. They possess it. Well, our eyes got really big. We began to look at one another because that could mean a lot of things. And so uh, in that, I just I, I sort of started to, to love it even more. And I wanted to research it. So I got back, when I got back to the States, I started to research it. And maybe some of us know, but I'm, I'm sure there may be some of us that don't. There were things that God had put in the Ark of the Covenant. Right? The laws in the Ark, we know that. Aaron's, Aaron's rod that budded in the tabernacle, we know that, that that's in there. And also... There's manna in the ark. But the Bible says that it was, the, it was the, the honey manna. It was the good tasting manna. And as I begin to read that, as I begin to study that out and, and, and really think about it and meditate on it and pray about it, it's, I begin to ask the Lord, Lord, there was two different types of manna. Why didn't you put both in there? 
Why weren't both types of manna in the ark or, or the fresh oil manna, the new manna that you gave? And as I began to pray, I felt it released in my spirit and the Lord spoke to me and he said, because you cannot put a lid on anointing. You can't box it up. Hear me, somebody, I feel the Holy Ghost. Your frustration does not come from the enemy. Your frustration is coming from you trying to bottle up the anointing that God has put on your life. I believe that here today. The frustration and the issues that you're facing right now, the intensity that you face on a daily basis is not the enemy. No, no. But in fact, it's the Spirit of the Lord wanting to manifest itself inside of you. Hear me today. It's much greater than the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I love it and I'm thankful for it. But it's much greater than that. He wants to use what He's given you. And He wants to give it to everybody. And He wants you to be the person that does it. So hear me here today. If you're living in a series of frustration. If the season of life that you are in is nothing but frustration. I believe it's time right now for you to lift your hands and say, Lord, it's time for you to change my diet. God, you are not done with me. Lord, open up my eyes. Give me a taste for fresh oil. Lord, allow me to start to see people as you see them. Let me view situations as you view them. Not always the problems, Lord, but instead the solution. You are the solution. You are the God that knows all. You are the God of everything. Every good and perfect thing, James says, comes down from the Father of light, within whom is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. And so we call upon that God here today in your name is Jesus come on now in your spirit of desperation would you call out on the Lord in this house right now Here's what I want to do here today. Here's what we're going to do right now. I'm encouraging all the young people to make yourself available. Unlink from one another. I'm encouraging dads and me dads. That's mothers and fathers in the house today. I'm encouraging you to find a different generation. Whether it's the elders or whether it's a young person. I want us to link up with different generations here today. Moms and dads, find a son or a daughter. Maybe they're not your biological son or daughter, but they are yours through the kingdom of God. Or dads and me dads, mom and dads, find an elder of the church here today. And we're going to pray the anointing upon one another. We're going to do it right here, right now. Would you begin to move now? Come on, young people. Yes, that's right. Come on, move and find somebody. Find a different generation. Come on, there's different demographics and creeds and colors in this house because we are the generational church. This is the body of Christ. Yes, thank you, thank you. And when you find one another, would you pray the prayer of faith and anointing upon one another? Not just the older generation for the younger, but also vice versa. The younger for the older. Come on, the Lord has given you the words to speak. Pray the prayer now. Would you do it in the house? We're leaving here today with a greater anointing. We're leaving here today with a fresh oil. We're leaving here today with a changed diet. We're leaving here today with a new purpose and a new passion.